0: the Mindset Digital Podcast. Three, two, one. Hi there. Want to get a text message whenever we publish a new episode of the Mindset Digital Podcast? It's a super easy one-click shortcut to the show. To sign up, just text MSDPOD, that's M-S-D-P-O-D, all one word, to 555-888, and we'll get you started. Good times. From the intersection of social media, learning, and technology, it's the Mindset Digital podcast. Today, we're celebrating our 25th episode with Dr. Deborah Jasper, one of Mindset Digital's two co-founders. Deborah sits down with creative director Pete Brown to talk about investigative journalism, communicating in the digital age, and to preview her upcoming keynote address at the Do Yo! Digital Marketing and Interactive Design Conference next month in Youngstown, Ohio. Let's get to the show. Here's Pete.
1: So much, Briavel. The intros are sounding great as always. Hey, everybody! I'm Pete Brown, and this is the Mindset Digital Podcast. I'm glad you're listening. Guess what? This is our 25th episode. That sounds like a good number that should be celebrated. 25. Woohoo! I'm really excited because we have a great guest for the 25th episode. If you listen to the show, you know that our agency, Mindset Digital, was founded by two people, Dr. Deborah Jasper and Betsy Hubbard. They've been working together for a long time, originally at Ohio State, where they put together one of the first social media programs for journalists before forming Mindset Digital five or six years ago. We have had Betsy on the show a few times, but Deborah has been more difficult to book, uh, for a number of reasons, one of which is she is on the road a lot. She is a very highly sought-after and thoroughly booked keynote speaker. Needless to say, when she is in the office, her schedule is really booked. I'm really glad we we're able to find time to do this. So we talk a little bit about her background today. We also preview her upcoming keynote talk at Live. that's D-O-Y-O live, which is a digital marketing and interactive design conference, which is really interesting. We talk a little bit about that. Deborah's very first reporting job was with the Warren Tribune, which is an area newspaper up there. So we talk about what it's going to be like for her to circle back to the beginning of her career for her keynote on August 3rd. It was a fascinating talk. I was glad we were able to get her on the show. So let's get to it. Here's my conversation with Dr. Deborah Jasper. So, Dr. Deborah Jasper, first of all, this is exciting first time on the podcast, and a real treat because you are almost never in the office. You are (laughs) on the road giving keynotes, and so I know we've tried to schedule this a bunch of times. So, glad to see you here, first of all.
2: Excited to be here. Thanks, Pete.
1: And we are uh, talking about when you go back on the road for another keynote, and that's going to be in Youngstown, Ohio, in August, and I understand you have a connection with the the Youngstown area. Yes, I'm
2: going to Youngstown. It's kind of like old home week. So... Actually, I was a journalist back in the day, as you well know, and and my first job at a daily newspaper was at the Warren Tribune Chronicle. Nice. Yes, and I'd worked at a weekly newspaper, but that was my first job as a daily. I got my master's in journalism from Ohio State and went off to Warren, Ohio. To do, uh, and hopefully, I was trying to be an investigative reporter, so yeah. I was covering politics and doing a little bit of investigative work up there.
1: Uh, did you go from there to Dayton?
2: I did. Okay. So I was only there for about a year. Okay. And I wrote a lot of. Um, it was really the first time I did any kind of investigative work, and then I went from there to cover politics at the Dayton Daily News.
1: Okay, and then Cincinnati Enquirer. Yes. And then. And then- in Ohio and, State okay so let's talk about that that change what what caused that for you to step out of journalism because I remember reading your stuff uh, and you know I, I actually think like the state legislature passed a resolution in your honor for the work you did on some of your stories <laughs> and so so why just <laughs> step out of that, journalism yeah. Yeah. we, we
2: got bills passed so I was pretty happy about that yeah we um, I actually didn't I left journalism to go to Ohio State Because I was going to teach investigative reporting. Mm -hmm. So directing the Kiplinger Program in Public Affairs Journalism to me felt like a way to stay in journalism but to help other people learn Mm -hmm. how to do more in-depth projects. Because I've done about six projects that I've spent between a year and two years on. So Mm -hmm. that was a lot of in-depth writing and in-depth work. And then at Ohio State, I, as you know, partnered with Betsy Hubbard, and I always say we looked around and realized, I say we saw the handwriting on the wall, and it wasn't handwriting anymore. Yeah. We realized it was all going digital, and so we changed the program to a digital media program and launched the first social media fellowship for journalists, really right. back then in the world. We had 500 applications from 50 countries.
1: Wow. Yeah. And yeah. and pretty big names coming to yeah, Columbus. Yeah, we had for, CNN, right? 60
2: Minutes, Chicago Tribune, Los yeah. Angeles Times, Washington Post, so all of the biggest newspapers in the country came in and we spent, we did an intensive, what we called Kip Camp right, back then, right. teaching journalists how to use digital media.
1: And so, and I think, I think it's interesting because Mindset Digital is about five, five or six years old now, six I years. think. Six years. Yeah, and, but you and Betsy have been together, working together for mm-hmm. much longer Over than that. Over a decade. Right. So, okay, so why did you choose to leave the academy?
2: So Betsy and I were teaching, as you know, 60 Minutes, yeah. Chicago Tribune, LA Times, and actually American Electric Power came to us and said, we, we love what you're doing uh, with journalists. Could you work with our marketing team? And mm. we said, yes, we can. Sure. And then we ended up becoming the national keynote speakers for KeyBank. And we did that 17-city tour from Florida to Alaska. So we were just working with a lot of businesses mm-hmm. and realizing there is a business here. Right. So we left Ohio State but continued to work with Ohio State as well as with other companies around the country, and really a company was born.
1: And I I will say, even before I came to work for you, uh, what I liked about what you and Betsy were doing was that... You were on top of trends. You had an academic background, so you were thinking about them in a very deep intellectual way, but then presenting with that journalism background in a very clear and direct way, you know? So taking these complex ideas, breaking them down and sharing them out, and that seems really unique in the market to me.
2: Well, you know, Pete, of course, you have a journalism background, and I would say the same thing about you, your ability to take... (laughs) What I really love, just my passion, is taking complex information and unpacking it in a way that people can take it in. Sure. So at heart, if you said, "What's your, what are you most passionate about?" It's storytelling. Yeah. And I, but what I love that's different, I think, is I don't love just telling stories. I love telling important, complex stories. Mm-hmm. Whether it's, you know, in the old days, I was writing about foster care systems, right, or I was right, writing right. about. Uh, kids with disabilities, and I was writing about a lot of vulnerable people and, and what was happening to them in the system. So you could get easily passionate about telling those stories. Today, people say, how is it that you're passionate about teaching LinkedIn? But we're not passionate about teaching LinkedIn. What we're passionate about is helping people stay relevant in a digital age. So I think that today, what I find really compelling is people will come up to me and say, Thank you for this kind of training. I thought right. I was going to have to retire. Right. And now I feel like, wait, I, I know more about LinkedIn and Twitter than my kids do. And so today, learning digital skills is just critical to competing in a digital age. Right. So what I like about telling these narratives today is that we're helping people stay relevant.
1: I think critically, it's not that we're training on you know, click the upload button here and click post here. It's more about how you're thinking about it.
2: Yes. So in Youngstown, what I'm super excited about talking about is we will be talking about the three shifts that really change how we communicate in a digital world. Okay. And we'll talk a lot and people, I think, have just not tuned into this maybe in quite the way that we'll be framing it up. It goes back to that unpacking methodology. But what is the power of the informal? Because when you're trying to communicate in a world with an eight-second attention span, Everything you do mm-hmm. has to be—we call it SOS at Mindset Digital, which is short, organized, and skimmable, because right. people are not tuning in. Right.
1: So let's talk a, a little bit about the Youngstown event. Uh, first of all, Youngstown's an interesting place because you know they were a big steel city. Um, now they are about sixty-five thousand people, but I didn't realize the whole Mahoning Valley is is close to a million people. It's about seven hundred fifty thousand people. When I had my own communications company in 2008, they kept reaching out to me to try and get me to come up and... and start my business there, right? They have a business incubator. So they really do have an entrepreneurial scene that from all appearances seems to be blossoming. So how do you think uh, your message will resonate with this crew?
2: Yeah, I'm excited about going back to Youngstown in part because I know I've been talking with them and they're talking, they really are working hard to be much more of an incubator, Mm -hmm. to really embrace companies that are adopting new approaches, new technologies. So I think it's going to be a blast. I'm actually going to be there. I'm told also during the Italian Festival, which oh, nice. is a huge perk. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, well, I say about Youngstown is the best food in the world. I love their Italian food there. But uh, I'm excited really about just thinking through how in this new age in some ways Youngstown is perfect is a perfect place to say the legacy firms, all the kinds of things that we used to do and the ways that we used to do them aren't going to work anymore. Right. So how do we compete in this age of automation? How right. do we compete in a world of artificial intelligence, in a world of charming chatbots, in a world uh, you know where a chatbot can sell you insurance in 59 seconds. Right. You know, the world has really shifted, but they've been wrestling with that f- for a long time. They've right. been wrestling with how do you help legacy workforces right. adapt to new technologies, so my talk really is about how do you help legacy workforces right. adopt the three new realities that are going to help them right. thrive in a digital age. And
1: I know, and I know, we've done uh, writing on the blog about about the three shifts. Uh, what I what I like about it is that it's not just we're going to blow your mind and then leave. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's there's some sure. very practical next steps. Do you want to talk about how you sort of bridge that from the yeah. cognitive to the practical?
2: I love that question actually. So I do think what's different about what we do is so many times companies come in and they will say, let's talk about innovation and let's blow your mind with all the new things. And people go, okay, that was really interesting, but now what? I don't know what I'm supposed to do tomorrow. Right. What we try to spend time on is, yes, let's help you develop the new thinking you need. Right. That's a new mindset. But then you actually have to develop a new skill set. So what... Three things, if you do nothing else, what should you do tomorrow? So we will be talking not just about the new approaches, but then if you do nothing else, for example, you really have to think about your online presence and who are you online. And we give you really practical tips for thinking through your own brand story. Speaking of storytelling, we all have to tell a powerful story. We will help you think through how do you present differently. Uh, People talk a lot about us as visual storytellers, and we are – why does that matter in this world with short attention spans? Yep.
1: Yep. And, and I think that w- what I like about our takeaways is they're very practical. It doesn't take a lot of time. You just start building them up. Right. Right? Taking these small steps to make some, some bigger changes.
2: I think people get overwhelmed by social because they think of it as it's just too much. Yeah. Right? But if you think about this as a series of small actions, mm-hmm. I'm going to tweet, uh, you know. Right. Uh, once or twice a day, right. I'm going to read LinkedIn and post. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go. I will spend some time, energy and effort investing in a fully optimized social media profile. Right. So a LinkedIn profile. But after that, it's not really it doesn't have to be all time consuming. That's
1: right. And, and not feel the pressure to be on every platform. Right. To really think through what the right platforms are for what you want to accomplish. Right.
2: I covered, of course, as you know, I used to cover presidential campaigns. And when we looked at Obama, we taught an entire course on how Obama was using social media in 08. Mm -hmm. What he did so well is he did not use all platforms. He used a very small number of platforms incredibly well. Mm -hmm. McCain, on the other hand, used multiple platforms right. he sort of did a scattershot approach yep. tried to use too much he didn't do enough of enough planning or strategic thinking about how he was using each platform and it didn't serve him well yeah so that was a great case study and what yeah. happens when you're when you try to um, do all things for all people right. on and all you, platforms
1: you will quickly exhaust yourself right. trying to do that exactly. I just know even looking at our social profiles here every time something new comes up we think about it but we um, don't just dive right. in
2: I'm not on Pinterest yeah, that's right I've made a, you know, and it was, and I remember when it came out and everybody was talking about it and I just said, I love Twitter. I'm on Facebook. You know, I'm on LinkedIn, but I couldn't add one more social media platform to uh, my portfolio. So you do have to make strategic choices.
1: Okay. So uh, in our prep, Danica told me to ask about a story about a man on the plane. (laughs) Does that ring a bell? (laughs) Yeah. What is is. the, what's the story here? (laughs)
2: This was really eye-opening for me. I was on a plane the other day with, it turns out, a CIO from a major bank, mm-hmm. Fortune 20 bank. Okay. And he was telling me that, so he asked what I did. And of course, I said, I'm a keynote speaker. And we started talking about it. I gave I gave 33 keynotes last year in, mm-hmm. 33, in five countries, 33 yeah. cities, five countries. So a lot of keynote speaking. And, and he said, oh, my gosh, that would make me so nervous. I have been investing in being a speaker because, as it turns out, The demand for me to be a better speaker, you know, the demand for that is going up in companies. So he was paying. He had gone to an improv, a series of improv classes. He had joined Toastmasters. Mm -hmm. He was doing a lot of things. And I said, well, let me see your presentation. So he shows it to me. And, of course, it's all text Uh, and bullet points. And I said, here's the thing. And I really believe this. Today, people should invest more They should focus less on being a great storyteller and focus more on developing a great story. Mm -hmm. So they get all this training because they think that all eyes are on them when they stand up to speak. Mm -hmm. But if you have a highly visual presentation, the audience, it takes the pressure off you in some ways. First, you're not designing a presentation that competes with you. And second, people get really... um, focused on these visual slides. right? And so they can really help you tell your story. So I've seen okay speakers right. go, you know, re- do really well with a great presentation mm-hmm. and good speakers really hurt themselves with, with a the bad video. presentation. Yeah. Yeah. So some of what we'll be talking about in Youngstown yeah. is how do you design a presentation that takes you up a level? Right. And what he loved about it is that that means that it's not so much pressure? It's not performance right. Art, you know, art, right? right. It's, you can it, maybe you're never going to be the best speaker in the world, no matter how many improv classes you take. Right. But you can easily design a great presentation, right. and that will help you a lot.
1: That's right. Those visuals will share the burden for you. Exactly. So to speak, right? and, ta- so, and
2: really, most of us—I mean, most people do not want to stand up and talk in front of thousands of people.
1: That's right. That's right. Or and, even dozens. And when you Pretty much put your bullet points on the screen. People are reading those. They're not paying attention to you. You are, in essence, reading them in some ways. Right. So,
2: Cognitive dissonance. Yeah. Yes.
1: So very good. Well, I think that a uh, great example of how we do both the the cognitive, the theoretical, and the practical in the same presentation. So August 3rd, you're going to be speaking. The keynote's uh, address at DuYo in Youngstown, a homecoming of sorts for you. Anything else that, that we want to talk well, about today? Super
2: excited to be there. It'll no. be great to see the crowd and... Get some great Youngstown food.
1: Yeah, that'll be great. And uh,
2: eggplant parmesan. Nice.
1: <laughs> nice. All right. Well, I'm glad that you're uh, here today. I think you're in the office a couple of days this week, at least.
2: Tomorrow I'm heading okay. out to <laughs> Nashville. All so. right.
1: Well, safe travels yes. as always. Thank you. And thanks again for your time today. Thanks, Pete. Good times. Okay. Once again, my thanks to Dr. Deborah Jasper for her time and coming on the show. Debra will be delivering the keynote address on August 3rd, I believe it's at 9.30 in the morning, at the Do Yo! Live conference in Youngstown, Ohio. We've put some links in the show notes for the conference. If you can't be there in person, I suggest you keep an eye on at Mindset Digital on Twitter so you can take in the back channel. You can follow Debra on Twitter at Deborah Jasper, and of course I'm at Pete Brown Says. Well, that's it. That's our 25th episode. We started this podcast last year because we wanted to explore the medium. We thought it would be a neat way to sort of pop the hood and share what goes on behind the scenes here at Mindset Digital. We certainly tried a number of different show formats. We're continuing to experiment with it. And I do appreciate everyone who listens and everyone who goes to iTunes to write a review. And if you're one of those listeners who who thinks, hey, I want to review this podcast on iTunes, but I want to wait until episode 25 so I can be sure they're sticking around, guess what? We made it. 25 episodes. We do appreciate it if you take five minutes to give us a review on iTunes. All right, that does it for me. Briavel, take us home.
0: The Mindset Digital podcast is brought to you by Mindset Digital. We bring workforces up to speed in our fast forward digital world. If you like the show, please recommend us to a friend or even better, leave us a review on iTunes. It really helps. Have questions, comments, or ideas about the podcast you want to share with our team? Send them to podcast at mindsetdigital.com. This episode was produced by Pete Brown and Jessica James, and me, Brielle Schultz, and featured special guest, Dr. Deborah Jasper. Links related to today's episode can be found in the show notes at mindsetdigital.com slash podcast. Some music in today's show is courtesy of the website audionautics.com and is licensed under Creative Commons 3.0.
2: Good times.